Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. I'm Ashley Manta, the canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David on this week's episode of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life? Well, you have come to the right place because that is what the sexy lifestyle is all about. We are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. And we love talking about everything related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving in deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. Many people have shame around masturbation. We're taught to experience pleasure in stealth mode as quickly and silently as possible. For those who feel self-conscious about their bodies and their pleasure, cannabis can be a powerful ally in shedding shame and feeling more present and embodied. By the end of the episode, you will understand the legacy of feminist icon Dr. Betty Dodson, how to incorporate cannabis into your masturbation practices and feel much more comfortable using allies like toys and lube to enhance your experience. As we do on every show, let me tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because no one wants to sleep in the wet spot. And Squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I am Ashley Manta, the canisexual, and I am so excited to welcome today's special guest. Rin Pfeiffer is a queer sex and relationship writer, and over the past two decades, her work has appeared in more than 100 media outlets, including Marie Claire, Playboy, Refinery29, Shape, and Globe and Mail, The Washington Post, and Wired. Rin is also the author of 101 Ways to Rock Online Dating, published in 2019. She lives in Seattle with her rescue dog, Mimi. Rin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So what are we doing right now? We are in Burbank, California. (laughs) (laughs) I have not actually gotten to spend time with you in person in a very long, ever? Ever. Ever. This is our first. Oh, my God. It doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like our first. (laughs) (laughs) So we have connected in a myriad of ways over the years and developed this wonderful friendship and Today, this week, we are descending upon Los Angeles to attend the Adult Novelty Manufacturing Expo, which is a sex toy trade show that uh, showcases all the newest, coolest, most amazing toys and lubes and all the things. Fuck. Yes. (laughs) Super exciting. Um, What brought you to Anime this year? Well, I've come in the past as a journalist for different freelance clients and whatnot. But this year I am here representing Kinkley, 
which is a sex education website out of Canada. Um, so I'm here to report on the latest, the greatest, what people should look for that's new. That's what readers really want. Um, and I'm also doing a little BDSM and kink recon for Zipper Magazine to see what are the trends in that, um, whether it's with design or, um, you know, we all know that pegging and anal is super duper hot right now. So, so <laughs> um, like, what else are people into right now beyond that? Nice. Um, so kind of just get the pulse on all the pervs in all the ways. We love our pervs so much. And that includes all of you listening. <laughs> so you got to actually walk the show floor today a little bit. I did. did have you seen anything that really blew your mind so far? Um, I I literally got off a plane from Seattle, woke up at 4 a.m. and rolled into the show. Um, so I did see a lot. Some of my memories may be vague. But I did see... Um, Things that I saw today that I really liked were there were a lot of thrusting machines, um, which uh, if you have a Sibian, which I know you do. I do. Um, like thrusting technology is magic. And to see more portable devices with that sort of technology and some that had air inflation and some had heating elements and just um, people taking that basic technology and expanding on it. Very cool, and also making it more accessible for people so you're not spending thousands of dollars on a machine, um, something that somebody at a more entry-level price point could take home and try, whether it's a handheld thing or um, some of them were mounted. I liked seeing that technology. I also really liked um, <clears throat> seeing toys that were less gendered. Mm-hmm. Huge trend of that, whether it was from the color... Uh, less gendered colors for toys. You know, I'm so tired of seeing like magenta toys for women and the blue toys for penises. Totally. Um, just toys in like a rainbow array. And then also the designs have in from years past have become far less phallic. Mm-hmm. And so it just looks like a fun, whimsical item that you would have on your bedside stand, like a toy. Like I mean, sex is adult playtime. Yes. And so to see it's adult toys and they look like toys versus things that are intimidating, like a big veiny life-size dildo in that horrible flesh tone. Like that's the worst. So seeing things like that, uh, a move towards more all natural uh, flavors and things and lubes. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, like those stevia flavored lubes are so terrible tasting. They taste really bad. They're awful. <laughs> so seeing things made with more organic ingredients, uh, I tasted a lot of, I licked my hand a lot today <laughs> <laughs> and tasted a lot of things because it's great to hear somebody say it tastes like this, but I really want it in my mouth to be sure of that. You know, you it's <laughs> trust but verify, you know? <laughs> so I did a lot of that. So that was nice to see. And just there just seemed to be a lot more whimsy in a lot of the designs, which again, like sex should be fun. So don't make it so clinical. I could not agree more. I love hearing that the more diversity in colors and designs and, and certainly more organic uh, lube ingredients is always a win and less stevia. Yeah. Gross. Um, 
One of the things that I was really excited about, the last thing that we did before we left the hotel was we attended the uh, launch party of the new Womanizer global product called The Wave, which Mm -hmm. is actually a shower head that is designed to be used as a sex toy. Like, I know many of us grew up using Mm -hmm. shower heads to masturbate with, Mm -hmm. and this finally happened. Like, it's, it's wild to me that no other sex toy company has made it up to this point, and they actually collaborated with a shower manufacturer, uh, Hans Grohe, out of Germany. And it's a really well-designed product that also functions very intentionally as a pleasure-creating device. It's shocking it's taken this long. I because know, right? I, I remember growing up and getting in trouble in the shower for taking in the shower head. Yes. And using it. Um and it's no mistake from that childhood memories that anytime I'm in a hot tub somewhere else, you might find my body positioned in a certain way <laughs> yes. because I will inevitably get off really fast and quick and stealthily. So I'm like, all right, I'm here. Like, just, you know, sidle up and go. Sidle up and go. And I love that you said stealthily because I definitely grew up masturbating in stealth mode. And that sort of brings us to the topic at hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. So... What were some of the messages that you received around masturbation growing up? And then how did you discover the work of our mentor, Betty Dodson, and, and you know, kind of dive down that vein a little uh, bit? That's a really good question. So I grew up, I, I masturbated a lot as a child. Like I have vivid memories of being a six-year-old child going into my parents' bathroom and sitting on the fuzzy yellow bath mat. And touching myself. And it had two doors. And I was not a smart six-year-old. So sometimes <laughs> I would forget to lock one of the doors. Mm-hmm. And I would get busted by my mom, who would be like, this is a terrible thing. Like, you can't do this. Like, go to your room. I got punished. Um, but I did know at that age, I I don't think I was having orgasms or whatnot, but I knew it felt good. And so I got smart and learned to go do that in the bedroom and lock the door there. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I was of the Walkman generation. So I grew up on Dr. Ruth. And so rest I, in power. Right? Rest <laughs> in power. And so I would sneak her show on my Walkman with my headphones under my pillow and listen to that. And I was absolutely fascinated by sex and that kind of. I still wasn't piecing it together because I was so young, but I was excited about what she was talking about. Yes. And it, even if I didn't understand it all, it really made me understand like sex wasn't a bad, dirty thing, Mm. which is what I was being told at home. Um, And so fast forward, I had sex for the first time at 15. My parents called me a whore. It just did not go. None of my sexual upbringing went well. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, you become a sex writer. I kind of fell into that by default. That's a whole other long story. Um, but I was fascinated because, I mean, we're all sexual beings. We all deserve pleasure. We all, I think most of us masturbate, whether we talk about it or not. Yes. Um, and so why are we shaming something that feels so good? And so for me, when I first started writing about sex, Um, I remember the first piece of hate mail that I got, and it was, you know, mid-90s. I was working at the Philadelphia Weekly newspaper, and um, 
somebody hand wrote in this very angry letter to me. And it was very long and it was so shamey. And I remember getting that letter and holding up and be like, yes, like I am doing the right thing here because yes. I made this person so mad that they had to put this whole thing together. And obviously it's gotten easier with the internet. You can just fire off whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what got me started down the you know rabbit hole of sex writing. And so as soon as I started digging into that and learning about people, I mean, obviously you're going to run across Betty, especially yes. if you're even researching anything remotely related to masturbation. Of course. And so it was kind of this like aha moment, this woman who, I mean, she's a fascinating human being. Yes. Um, and I was an art school dropout before I wandered down this. Yeah. I did not know that about you. <laughs> I, I literally, I went to art school. I grew up painting. My grandmother was an artist. I went to art school and I was like, this sucks. It's fun as a hobby. It's terrible as a career. I'm going back to the restaurant industry and then landed at the newspaper. So, I mean, there were a lot of ways I saw similarities in Betty's trajectory um, with mine. I mean, even though it was early, it was just kind of like this woman is out here to like shake things up. And yes. as soon as I got that first piece of hate mail, I'm like, yeah, like go shake shit up. Like yes. talk about the things people don't want to talk about and just like you're doing something right if you're evoking that kind of response. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I'm like, it's pleasure. Like nobody's doing harm to anybody. It's okay. Mm -hmm. um, why are they that mad? What What are they hiding? Like what is the problem? And it took a lot longer to figure those pieces out. But connecting with Betty and learning her story really pieced it together and solidified like, yeah. So for those... Matters. For those unfamiliar, can you give us a quick synopsis of, of Betty's legacy? <laughs> oh my gosh, where to begin? I know, right? <laughs> I, so she started out when? I mean, she was an artist in the 50s doing, yes. uh, from Kansas, mm -hmm. small town Kansas, moved to New York City um, with her mother's uh, encouragement, which mm -hmm. is shocking for that era to leave yeah. small town Midwest to go I mean, that's brave. and it's incredibly so, brave. Yeah, I moved to New York City and do artwork for catalogs. And um, I think she did like some lingerie companies, right? Yes, and, she did. Yeah, and just setting out and eventually went into doing erotic art um, and just running against every roadblock possible where, you know, you're a woman creating erotic images in that time which was not okay like you're supposed to be married with kids and have this whole thing locked and loaded mm -hmm. and she was like i'm doing this and just um you know from that to just i mean i don't even like there's so much to it you know I mean, her whole life could be many yeah, episodes yeah but. but just like jumping into you know women's rights in like around 1973 with now and just like fighting with feminism but she was a different she was not like the Gloria Steinem's. She just no. had her own agenda of pushing back and questioning everything and yes. just um, really pushed, not pushed, but the really cultivated environment for people, women specifically, to take pleasure into their own hands and um, enjoy pleasure and orgasms without the assist of anybody else, uh, namely penises. Uh, but just take that into your own hands and have that connection with your body and that pleasure and make it your own yes. and just 
um, went on and just kept doing that for what, like 50 years and started Mm -hmm. body sex circles, which are weekend seminars where you bring together 10 or 12 women, people with vulvas, uh, in a group to share pleasure together and talk about your body and talk about your relationships. And actually, um, when I had met Betty, I had written, I I literally went in there with like, what is this 80 something year old woman going to teach me that I haven't written about in these 20 years? Like as a smart ass that I am. And she was the first person that I sat down with, with a mirror in front of my vulva and actually looked at it with a good hard look. And it's like, none of us are taught to do that, to take a look at ourselves, but yet it's part of our bodies. And that's so powerful to see. And then also in that group, you see everybody else's vulvas Mm -hmm. and it's really affirming, um, especially for people who are brought up with messaging of that you look different or you look weird and that's not right. And to see the variety of bodies and Betty just normalized all of it and just gave no shits and said, put your pleasure first. And I think about that every single day where I'm like, no, it's not selfish to get up and do this because I deserve this. You deserve it. We all deserve this. And, you know, pour one out for Betty who uh, crossed over into the incorporeal realm in 2020, uh, leaving behind a legacy of sex positivity. I remember reading her memoir, uh, My Romantic Love Wars, that was just so powerful where she recaps her life from growing up in Kansas to moving to the city to marrying a husband who had erectile concerns. And so like they didn't have much of a sex life, but he was happy to like get her a studio in New York city. And he was like, you know, go do your art, like have a a good time, go amuse yourself. And she was so interested in the consciousness raising circles that people like Gloria Steinem were putting on, but was distressed to see that, They were not talking about pleasure or bodies. They Mm. were talking about, you know, politics, which is also valuable and important. But like she was very much of the opinion that the personal is political. And what I learned through reading her memoir was that cannabis was a big part of of her sexual explorations and in getting to know her body better and in, in increasing her masturbatory practices in pleasure. And it was just fascinating to realize that this woman that I had looked up to since I read sex for one, you know, that my parents had a copy of way back when that she was talking about sex and cannabis in the seventies. Like, of course, but also I was like, well, I felt like I was one of the early ones to talk about sex and cannabis. No, no, no. Betty, Betty did everything first. And, and so that kind of blew my mind to be like, wow, she's really been such a, uh, trailblazer in so many different arenas, but you know, sex and cannabis happens to be one of them. And so when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about how cannabis can help with embodiment, with increasing um, playfulness and curiosity in your masturbatory practices and some of the ways in which maybe we have enjoyed cannabis in our masturbatory practices <laughs> So hang on just a second. We have to take our quick shout out to one of our show sponsors, and we will be right back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual, and we are talking with section relationship writer Rin Pfeiffer. Stay there, and we will be right back. Right now, before before we move on, we want to tell you about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for this year and next year. 
Absolutely. And if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with Topless Travel from Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise adventures. Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. And of course, their trips are all about pushing boundaries, exploring your naughty side, and meeting and partying with tons of sexy, fun people. Let's just shout out to their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, and they're there to ensure that you're having one hell of a sexy vacation. And you know, you find you will be able to find us on many of these topless travel trips. And we're going to be back at Hedo 2 for their topless hedonistic Halloween event. That's definitely a mouthful from October 21st to 28th, 2023. And then we're going back to Hedo in February 2024 for their sexy silver event from the 17th to the 24th. And new for 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one, but two bucket list trips from where we will be broadcasting. First, we're going to be exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile from March 2nd to 13th, 2024. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure enjoying history with lots of sexy fun, open-minded friends. And on the second bucket list trip, we'll be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration, glamping in the wild savanna from September 2 to 11, 2024. This event is sold out, but you can still get on a waiting list in case someone cancels. Absolutely. So if you don't want to miss any of these amazing adventures with other sexy, open-minded friends, then go and book your spot today. Do it now before it's too late. And of course, for more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, you can always go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And as a quick reminder, if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. That's sdc.com and the promo code is 30314. And before we forget, we want to invite you to join us with April and Scott from the Naughty Gym as they host their first full takeover of Hedonism 2 in Jamaica during the week of January 6th to 13th, 2024. We're going to be broadcasting on location from this awesome Sexy Fitness Week. And for more information, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and book your week. And we hope to see you there with us, naked on the beach. Mm-hmm. All righty. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and I'm Ashley Manta from Canisexual, sitting in for Carol and David today. Now, let's get back to the show with sex and relationship writer, Ren Pfeiffer. Ren. <gasps> I'm so happy you're here. It's so good. <laughs> so have you had experiences with cannabis and masturbation up to this point in your life? Absolutely. Please tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start experimenting with it? What did you notice? How has it been useful? In what forms? Well, I have a long history of anxiety, (laughs) as Mm. many of us do. And uh, masturbation has always been a go-to for me in not alleviating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's accurate. Um, And I'm not a big cannabis smoker, but I am a big edible taker. Yeah. And for a long time, I was on pharmaceuticals for anxiety, and I realized— just a small dose of edibles would help far more than anything that the doctor could prescribe me. 
And so I've kind of pieced it together. Like if I take an edible and time it right and then masturbate, Mm -hmm. it is like the greatest thing in the world. (sighs) And then if I can like schedule a massage shortly thereafter, like Mm. I'll do that like once a month. That's my treat where it's like, okay, take the edible, time it, masturbate, and then go get the massage. And it's kind of like the holy trinity of healing. It's so good. Um, so it kind of works in tandem for me Mm -hmm. and obviously, I mean, not obviously, but I do masturbate every day. I'm like a 10 and 3 PM type person. I need like two breaks. I love that so much. (laughs) And I prioritize it where I'm like, okay, it's 10 AM. You know, you know, some people go, I don't drink coffee. Um, I'm a weirdo like that. No, I don't drink coffee either. I'm like, the only. I live in Seattle. It's like sacrilege to say like, I don't drink coffee. They're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, I'm, I take masturbation breaks. Yes. <laughs> and usually one of them is combined with some low devil, a low dose of edibles. It's really nice. great. I love that so much, <laughs> like on so many levels. So I also use cannabis when I'm masturbating, um, typically in the form of topicals, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And like you, I had a very complicated relationship with masturbation growing up. My parents were generally pro once I got into my teen years, but Mm -hmm. I started around five-ish. And, you know, I just remember being in my bed and having my hand between my legs and like noticing that it felt good. And Oh my God, my dad likes to tell this story at Thanksgiving, which is so awkward, but apparently one day somewhere in the realm of me being like five or six, he came into the bathroom when I was taking a bath and I was there in the bathtub with a Turkey baster (laughs) having a grand old time. And he loves telling that story at Thanksgiving dinner with the whole family. Like, (laughs) Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. So So they don't let you touch the turkey baster. They don't let me touch the turkey baster anymore. It's it's off limits for me. But it was so it was like having something that was very personal and private, like Mm -hmm. very kind of publicly sort Mm -hmm. of shouted out at at holidays with the family made me feel like I needed to keep that under wraps and Mm -hmm. that I needed to keep it quiet and keep it like no one could know. And, and so I got off as quickly as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And into my teen years, I remember dating <coughs> a guy in high school and telling him like rather confidently in the way that only a you know 17 year old can, I can get myself off in less than 60 seconds as if that's like an accomplishment. Like it's Mm -hmm. cool. It's a fun party trick, but it's not like actually necessarily what needs to happen because you can actually take your time with pleasure. It turns out, which I learned from Betty, right? That you could spend an hour masturbating and that is not wasted time. No. And, you know, really even into my twenties until I went to my first body sex circle, I was still getting off as an efficiency trial. It was like, all right, you know, right before bed, I'm just going to like do it, do it, do it. I would always use the same vibe, the same Mm -hmm. position, the same, you know, genre of erotica. I knew exactly how to do it. And it was like, bing, bang, boom, done. And then I met Betty Mm. and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do for an hour? Like, (laughs) it takes me 30 seconds to get off. Like, what am I going to do for the rest of the, you know, 
59 minutes and 30 seconds. And realizing that, you know, my aversion up to that point to wands, feeling too strong, and the way that she teaches this rock and roll method, which Mm -hmm. if you've never heard of Betty's rock and roll technique, it's been studied by, like, actual sexologists and and has been proven to be really effective in people who are anorgasmic. Check it out. There are YouTube videos with some instructional um, demonstrations that are really helpful. And so like realizing that you could just like hump your toys instead of just pounding into your clit with them and then moving to California, accessing medical cannabis, having THC infused topicals where instead of my clit kind of burning out after one maybe two orgasms where I was able to have many, many orgasms like with breaks in between, but I, I had a lot more um, stamina, let's say mm-hmm. my clit got some stamina once I found cannabis and then realizing that like, if you're going to combine sex and cannabis and you want to figure out what works for you, masturbation is the best way to figure out what works for you. Cause you know, I don't know if you get this question as a journalist and and I've certainly heard journalists ask me this, but like, what's the best strain for sex? What's the best product for sex? And it's like, I don't know. What's the best sex toy to get you off? Like it depends on what works for you. Right. And it's so unique. It it's, is. it's like, it's a matchmaking situation. Yes. Oh, well said. Like I was on the plane coming from Seattle this morning, talking to the person next to me who was telling me that they bought you know, I told them where I was coming and they were telling me that they had bought some like shitty toy off Amazon and it wasn't great. And they, <clears throat> we launched into the whole, you know, I'm like, okay, like, what do you like? And what kind of stimulation do you like? And do you like this? And do you like penetration? And it's like, like, I, I don't know about you, but I want to match make people with the right toy. Yes. But again, it's so highly personal. So going back to the strains, it's like, it's like, what do you want? What do you need? And that can change from day to day. Like I've got, you know, I'm sure you do too, like a gajillion sex toys. I've got my greatest hits reel. If yes. I if I do want to have that like 30 second orgasm, which sometimes like I need to have that 30 second orgasm. But then the days that I want to have like, I'm going to spend the afternoon like loving on myself. Yeah. Like I bring out, you know, like I pick them out like I'm conscious, you know, like mm. I want a little bit of you and a little bit of you and a little bit of you. But that changes from day to day. Yes. Like what you want. And I don't know. I think the more you know your body and the more mm-hmm. you know what you like, whether it comes to cannabis or sex toys, then you can have create those experiences that you want in those moments. I could not agree more. Like it really is kind of a symphony that you have to conduct for yourself each day. Mm-hmm. And pro tip for anyone listening, please don't buy your sex toys on Amazon like that is a really good way to get a shitty sex toy. There are so many fakes on that website. Like, get it from an actual sex toy company or a sex toy store, um, especially one that has values that align with your own. And and if you don't know what the values of the company that you're buying from are, ask. Look it up. You know, be a savvy consumer. Yeah. And, and the same way with cannabis. You know, I think even with sex toys, you can be a little bit more... Like, oh, if you like penetration and you like clitoral stimulation at the same time, maybe consider a dual stim. Whereas with cannabis, it is so subjective. Like, 
I couldn't even tell you a strain or a strain family that would potentially be good for you because it depends on the grower and where you get it from and what the cannabinoid and terpene breakdowns are. And like, there are so many little tweaky things that you have to figure out what works. And then of course the form that you're consuming in, are you doing edibles like you? I generally don't like edibles for masturbation because of the timing issue. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know when exactly it's going to hit me and when it's going to be in the place that Mm -hmm. I want it to be for the pleasure that I'm going for. And I I have nothing but the utmost respect for you finding (laughs) what works. Um, I tend to be more of a smoking or dabbing, uh, which is cannabis concentrates or just topicals because topicals only take 15, 20 minutes to kick in. And so I know exactly when I can start the show as Mm -hmm. it were. Let the pleasure begin. Let the pleasure begin. And it's such a great way to figure out like, does this strain work for me? Does this edible work for me? Does this topical do what I want it to do? How much should I use? You know, should I use it as a suppository? Try it in my butt, you know, (laughs) all different options. And I actually just did a podcast earlier today where they were like, oh, you know, what would be the best strain for like someone who's anxious or someone? And it's like, well, I I don't know. It depends (laughs) on you. (laughs) So it's I wish I could give you a prescription or like here's sort of a flow chart to follow, but it really does depend. And so the only way to figure it out is to try. And, and try different things when you're on your own so that you don't have the variable of, is it me? Is it my partner? Mm. Is it our dynamic? Is it the cannabis? Like, what's kind of going on with that? So That's really good advice. Thanks. Yeah. I try to be a little sciencey about the whole thing. <laughs> you know, it's like limiting your variables. But Betty was such a huge proponent of of masturbation with cannabis and with that sort of presence. And have you found it kind of helps in addition to your anxiety, like kind of slow you down and, and increase your sensuality as well? Yeah. Like it, it, it definitely helps um, quiet whatever is going on um, in the world. Similar Mm. to side topic, but like BDSM does for me in some ways. Yes. Oh, Um, so much. But just quiets my brain uh, and all the noise and all the, you know, we're all very busy human beings. And Mm -hmm. so like I want to prioritize my pleasure and I want to make it a regular habit as it should be. Yes. Um, But sometimes it's hard to turn off all the to-do lists in your head and do I need to walk the dog and Mm -hmm. I didn't get back to that email and all of those things, which are all going to still be there and it's all going to get done because it yes. always does. So it just helps kind of like turn that off or dull it a little bit or make me not like this has to get done right this minute. Yes. No, no, right now I need to focus on myself, whether, you know, whatever amount of time I have. Um, so it brings me back into my body yes, and just makes me present mm. um, and just heightens all the sensitivity and just arousal and um, I don't know, like it's, it took me a very long time to get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I can get turned on by myself right now. Yes. Um, and I can just do it, you know, obviously toys are nice and mm-hmm. cannabis is nice, but like, I used to be the type of person who would literally be like, I'm going to master right now. I'm going to turn on porn. It's going to be something that's predictable that I like. It's going to, like, I had, you know, we had of our go-tos. Sure. Which are great. Like, sometimes you need the go-to. But um, 
I don't I don't need all of those things if I'm using edibles and cannabis when I'm masturbating yes. or having sex. It's just like it's I don't need to look outwards. I'm just inwards. And it just really um, at that point, it's all in my body. And if I use a toy, it's just accenting it. And it's not mm-hmm. the focus, if that makes sense. That completely makes sense. And yeah. I love what you said about it kind of turning down the volume of the noise of the to do lists and just. For those of us who are high achieving perfectionists, you know, burned out gifted kids with ADHD, <laughs> guilty, um, it's it can be really hard to turn off the noise. And so having something that will just quiet it down and help you be more present and to feel the heightened sensations. So maybe it's bringing pleasure centers online that maybe are typically a little bit more challenging to access and being able to take your time with it and not have to worry about anyone else's pleasure but yours. Like masturbation is so healthy for us. And and one of Betty's big beliefs was like, if you don't know what you like, if you yeah. are not able to get yourself off, if you are relying on your partner to give you pleasure instead of owning your pleasure and your desire yourself, you're doing a disservice to your yeah. entire sexual experience. Absolutely. I mean, again... It goes back to nobody is a mind reader in your life and especially in your bed. And so if you're going to sit back and think that this person is just going to look at your body and read it and like do all the things. Yes, yeah, just intuit what you need. Yeah, just do it. That's not going to happen. Mm-mm. So, and But if, if you don't have the language or if you don't know what feels good for yourself um, or have the language, how are you going to tell somebody else? And it's, I think there's a lot of, especially as women, um, like we're not taught to ask for what we want ever. Yeah. Um. Certainly not in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I think a lot of people just don't know how to describe what they want. Yeah. And they don't know how to name those feelings or what that desire is. And I think Betty really kind of just taught us. Yes. Um. Here's what that is. Here's how we name it. And like own that shit and ask for it because nobody's going to read your mind and they're not going to give it. it I, I'm always like, I always go back to it. Like if you don't ask, you don't get, yes. that's true of all things. Like if you don't, no one's going to just like show up and give you what you want. That's just mm-hmm. not how the world works. You have to ask for it. And so part of it is knowing your body and each of us are so different. Yes. Um, And I'm sure, you know, it's like, the more you can do that, the more vocabulary you have and it like the better sex gets. So it's it's awkward and it's weird in the beginning to be like, hi, like, like I don't I, I don't want to traffic direct anybody. Um, and I also don't want to go back to like, I know X, Y and Z works for me because mm-hmm. people bring things to the table. And I'm like, oh, that never worked for me before. But now I fucking love that thing. Right. Um, so it's kind of this fine line of using your language and asking for what you want and just being open to other things too. But it's got to be this dance back and forth and communication and just, I don't know. I couldn't agree more. I think being able to articulate those things, not expecting your partner to be a mind reader. I just actually had this experience yesterday, literally yesterday (laughs) where like at this point I am very savvy in describing what I like and I do have the words for it because I've practiced and Mm -hmm. You know, if you're listening to to this and you feel intimidated by the concept of saying the words out loud and you don't know how to say it or how to explain what it is that you like or you still don't know what you like, 
know that it will take time. Like you are creating new neural pathways. You have to kind of create these new grooves and, and develop the muscle memory to start to say the things out loud. And for me, as someone who does this literally for a living and also practices in my own life, I found myself being in this place where I was like, okay, well, you know, let me show you some cheat codes, but also I do want to kind of see what you've got going. Cause sometimes like you, I will be introduced to something I didn't even know that I liked and, and I'd never tried that way before. But I do know that my pussy is a little bit more of a delicate flower. <laughs> One of the reasons I didn't like Hitachi's early on was because it felt too strong. And so mm. this human happened to be a very tall. His hands were like like small loaves of bread, like they're just <laughs> like like catcher's mitts, like they were huge. And so as he's playing with my pussy, like. I need you to touch my pussy like you're trying to make a wine glass thing. And he was like trying to put his fist through my body. Oh, no. And I do find that to be the case a lot of times with cis men. And, and you know, I don't mean this as a criticism. It's just an observation that, like, they tend to think that harder is better and, like, mm. more intense is better and that you want to just go boom, boom, boom. And sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. And for me, most of the time I don't. If I want to get pounded, I want to get pounded with a dick, not with fingers. Like I, fingers, I like to have more subtlety. <laughs> and so, you know, here I am the next day, like slathering topical on my bruised and battered bits, oh. despite having had the vocabulary to say such things and still being like, okay, well, you know, surfing that line. So I have empathy for the people that struggle to say the things because it's hard for all of us at various points. It just takes practice. Now, let's remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Mantacana-Sexual, sitting in for Carol and David today, and we are having an amazing discussion with the phenomenal sex and relationship writer, Rin Pfeiffer. But for now, let us tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. So... I'm a sex and relationship coach and I run retreats and I offer online classes. So there's lots of ways that you can work with me. I'm most easily accessible on Instagram. Uh, I also have an OnlyFans if you want to see me naked. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be going to Hedonism in January for the Being Better at Being Bad week created by Naughty Jim. And so if you are curious about that, check out the link on my show page. And I hope that you get in touch because there are so many fun ways that we can work together. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. I'm Ashley Manta. Now let's get back to our show with sex and relationship writer, Ren Pfeiffer. Let's talk about some like Great stories, because you and I both have some fucking <laughs> fabulous stories. So do you have any Betty stories about, you know, either the first time in circle with her or getting high with her? You were mentioning some as we were walking to the studio. Oh, that was. Uh, <laughs> I just remember going to upstate New York to Phoenicia for her 89th birthday, I believe it was, mm -hmm. with a group of uh, body sex women. And I promised everyone that I was going to bring edibles for all 40 women. Mm -hmm. And they were like, how are you going to do that from Seattle? And I was like, well, 
I'm going to do it. Um, and I did. And <laughs> I'm not promoting drug trafficking, but sure. Uh, Someone who is not you may or may not have furnished <laughs> such things. Right. And I remember getting to that event and it was so great. And just Betty was like a little kid in the candy shop um, after the first edible I gave her. Um, they were like little mints. And she was just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. And like they were Pez. And I just remember being like, let's not get like the 89-year-old woman in a catatonic state. <laughs> like I was like, I'm like, I was like, am I the responsible one here? I don't know. Um, but that was such a fun event. There were other fun adult drugs there too that were, it was just lovely. Good and good. It was good. It was all good. It was just pure pleasure fest. Um but I remember the first time I met Betty in a circle. I love this to the day. Um, you know, you go around and you name your pussy. Yes. But I already had a name for my pussy. So What's your pussy's name, Ren? Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> and I started calling my pussy Shaka Khan when I was 15 years old. <laughs> so Shaka had like a long run. Um so I was like the only person in the group. I was like, yeah, I haven't, I'm coming with a name and it's Shaka Khan. She was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And at the time um, I was rocking Phil Bush and she just took one look at it and she goes, if a pussy could have teeth, yours has teeth. She's like, that thing is feral and fierce. And I was like, I'll take it. Like, yeah. like, like pussy bites back. Pussy bites back. <laughs> She's so great. Yeah. We were, yeah. It was good. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I also came you, into yeah. a body sex circle pre-named and like you, I named mine after a celebrity. <laughs> My pussy's name is Mae West. <laughs> She's sassy. Yeah. <laughs> And I also dare you to listen to a Shaka Khan song now and not listen, think about my pussy. I literally have a Shaka <laughs> Khan concert playing in my head right now thinking about your pussy. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so I did not get to do a body sex circle with Betty until her 90th birthday retreat. My first body sex circle was actually... Um, led by Katrina Marie in Los Angeles. And it was the first time that there had ever been a body sex circle in California. And um, Carlin Ross, who is Betty's uh, protege and and has taken over the Betty Dodson empire uh, since Betty's passing, reached out to me and she's like, hey, Katrina's doing a, a body sex circle there. You guys should hook up and you should go. And, and it's going to be cannabis friendly. So I brought cannabis topicals to the body sex circle and gave them out to whoever wanted them. And that I think really helped me get through that hour long erotic recess <laughs> because it, it gave my clit that stamina. But then when I was invited to her 90th birthday retreat at Menla in Phoenicia, New York, mm -hmm. I also did not bring cannabis across state lines, but it somehow <laughs> magically appeared in New York. I don't know how. And um, I got Betty so stoned. There's a picture of me lighting a joint for her. I've seen it. It's magical. That that picture just like warms my heart every single moment. And afterward, after the retreat was over, I got to go back and stay in her infamous Manhattan apartment mm -hmm. on Madison. And... 
I had lost my voice during the course of the retreat. And so I can't talk and Betty can't hear. We were like the fucking odd couple. It was hysterical. But I got her so stoned. We were just like, she's just smoking joint after joint after joint. And like, and I was like, Betty, you know, will you look at my pussy since, you know, you didn't get a chance to at the retreat? And she was like, yeah, totally. So I get on my back. I spread my legs. And she's like, well, your pussy looks like a modern. She she uh, identifies pussy based on their architectural layout uh, in, in a number of styles. She's like, it looks modern, but, you know, honestly, I've seen a thousand pussies just like yours. It's kind of boring. Oh, no. Like, Can you just tell me my <laughs> pussy's boring? She's like, listen, the rest of you is very exciting. So it's really good that you have a more boring pussy to kind of keep you grounded. <laughs> exactly how much weed she'd smoked by this point but it was not a small amount and I'm like all right this very famous pro-sex <laughs> feminist just told me that my pussy is boring but it's good to ground me because the rest of me is exciting <laughs> thank you I think <laughs> so <laughs> that's my Betty weed oh, masturbation God. story she never minced her words that's for no. sure no, and she would call out. She she loved pissing people off, and she was irreverent and never gave an idle compliment. So if, if she said something nice to you, she really meant it, because Betty could be a stone-cold bitch sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is one of the things I respected about her. I thought it was rad. Total truth teller. Total always. truth teller. It was always like, give her some more weed and like let her start talking shit about <laughs> other people in the industry and like just take notes. <laughs> Who else do you hate, Betty? <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so if someone is considering bringing cannabis into their masturbatory practices do you have any thoughts on on what would make it easier or you know kind of set them up for success or maybe they're they're starting their masturbation practice at all um that's a good question I mean, I think for anybody starting a masturbation masturbation practice, um, I think a lot of it has to do with just like setting aside that time mm-hmm. and not having necessarily expectations. Um, I think there's so much focus on the end goal of orgasm. And I, you know, orgasms are great and I love them and they're fantastic. But I also think just touching yourself and having that intentional time whether it's touching your vulva or wherever else feels good on your body is a great place to start. Um, And it's less intimidating than being like, okay, I have to do this thing and I have to have an orgasm, which I think if you're not having regular orgasms, especially by yourself, that's a lot. Yeah. And that might keep you from even trying. Mm -hmm. Um, So I encourage people just like set aside some time, whether it's like 15 minutes, whatever you have. Yeah. And just be like, this is just going to be me time. Mm. Um, And I mean, it sounds hokey, but set in uh, intentional space, whether it's like I light a candle, I like the lights dimmed. um, 
whatever that is. I want to like put a good pillow on the bed. Mm-hmm. I want to you know, put on your robe, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever that is to make it feel special for you and intentional mm-hmm. um, without the end goal. And I think that applies to a lot of partner sex too. Um, we're so, so focused on the end. I hate to say end goal, but that's how it's been positioned. Yeah. Like you, it's, is it sex if you haven't had an orgasm? It's bullshit. The fixation on orgasm is so troubling. Uh, Yeah. And it's like all this other stuff is so yummy and delicious. Yes. Like why wouldn't you want to extend that for as long as possible? Yes. um, Without racing to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for people starting out with that experience like take that out of the equation and just be like does this feel good Mm -hmm. um whether it's your hands toys whatever it is um i've talked to a lot of women lately who have been really really finding uh great arousal from listening to audio erotica Ooh, um and i think that's fascinating because you know we all consume adult material differently and not to gender it so much but it is you know, there's studies where it's like a lot of men, it's like porn, they're visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of women I know are like, I don't watch porn. I mean, I watch a fuck ton of porn, um, but it's, that's not for everybody. And that's not how a lot of people derive pleasure. But there's this whole, you know, so many uh, resources coming out lately with audio erotica. And it's, um, especially for masturbation, there's a lot of like guided masturbation. Yes. And I've, um, shush, is it? Yeah, shush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do some great work where I listened and I'm like, again, I went into it like, how great is this going to be? Somebody telling me what to do. I already know how to do this with my body. And I was listening to this guy and at the end of it, I was like, I will do anything this person says because they just <laughs> yes. guided me. I'm like, tell me more, like, you just guided me through this whole thing. And again, like cannabis, you know, helps me release my mind in a lot of these ways just to be present. Having that um, guided audio also helps because I don't have to think about what to do. It's literally somebody saying, touch yourself here. Now do that. Mm, good girl. Like it's the whole, uh-huh. it's so hot. <laughs> praise king. Yeah, praise <laughs> king, praise king. But it's great to do that. So um if you need, if you don't know where to start or what to do to have that guidance, and it's like, it's hot. Yes. Um, and then if you can add cannabis to it or whatever it is that makes you happy, mm-hmm. it's really a very nice combo. Mm. Um, whether you get to orgasm or not, it's like, it's like bedtime. It's like sexy bedtime. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. I love that you said about setting intentional space. Like, I think that is something that people don't take the time to do, especially with masturbation. Like, even if they do happen to put some effort into, like, putting on the nice sheets and and the red underwear and, and throwing on a playlist for, like, partnered sex, I know very few people who do that for themselves. And, and yeah. it's so beautiful to be like, no, I am worthy of taking this time and spending this effort to make this a really special experience for myself. And I deserve to explore pleasure without a specific outcome in mind by just enjoying what's happening and having curiosity about where it's going next. You know, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be this race to the finish. And, and I love, you know, toys are so great 
lube. Lube is Ugh. one of my favorite sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you're using cannabis, things can dry out for some people. Yeah. You know, you get dry mouth. The actual like scientific phenomenon of cotton cunt as a thing is not widely proven, but some people have told me that they get very dry mm-hmm. when they use cannabis, um, I, especially with edibles and with smoking. So having the extra lubrication, I remember one of my favorite Betty quotes is uh, never touch a pussy with a dry hand. It's rude. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, brilliant. Oh, my God, this woman. <laughs> And and I'm I feel you on the audio erotica. Like Ugh. I am not a particularly visual person. I find it too intellectually interesting to watch people have sex. Like, I'm like piecing it apart the whole yeah, time. That's I'm what like, I'm doing. I'm like, <laughs> like fucking play by play. I'm like, oh, okay, that position. Oh, okay. Where's the lube, guys? Right. Like, <laughs> I also did review porn for AVN for a long period of time. See? So like 50 videos a month. So I had to like, oh my god, nitpick like through every single scene where it's like. You know, they did reverse cowboy twice, and then she did that, and then she threw her head back. And I think I have not lost that. It's hard when you you have the sort of X-ray vision of a professional <laughs> to like to not pick it apart. So the audio erotica is so great because you can just close your eyes and feel your body, and and have someone else tell you what to do, which takes some of the pressure off of of coming up with things to do, like you said. So that's really valuable. And and if you are thinking about getting into exploring cannabis in your masturbatory practices, having someone telling you what to do can help you feel less scattered, I think. Because sometimes I lose my train of thought, you know, halfway through a sentence <laughs> recreationally. And so you add <laughs> cannabis to the mix and all of a sudden I can't even. So yeah. it, it does help to have a little bit of guidance. Um, and if you skew even remotely submissive it's great for that it's so hot (laughs) and also it's also you can pretend the narrator is anybody you want it to be so i always insert like i don't know whoever like whoever i'm like crushing on that week where it's like well yeah clearly they're reading this to me right now and they want me to get off so Mm. mm -hmm. i love everything about (laughs) this So we've really been on a journey this past hour from Betty Dodson's pro-sex, pro-cannabis legacy to early masturbation experiences to some best practices when really figuring out how to be more present and and sensual in your self-pleasure explorations. So thank you so much for sharing all of your incredible information. Now, could you please, Rin, tell us how people can find your work online or on social media, your website, <laughs> all the things? Yeah, I'm on um, Twitter at Rin Pfeiffer, R-Y-N-P-F-E-U-F-F-E-R. Um, and Rin says, Rin underscore says, at uh, threads and Blue social, blue sky social. Blue sky social. I, I feel like social is changing every five seconds. Um, and on Contently, if you just look up my name, Rin Pfeiffer at Contently, it's got my portfolio of all my writing work. So um, everything from STIs and threesomes and consent and 
lots of queer topics and lots of sex toy reviews. It's all there. One stop shopping. I love that so much. <laughs> wow. The end of another great show with another amazing guest. Ren Pfeiffer, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I would have you anytime, (laughs) darling. Likewise. And a special thanks to you for listening week in and week out. As always, I am your guest host, Ashley Manta. You can find me on Instagram at Canasexual, my website, canasexual.com. And tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and pleasure and all of the fun ways to spice up your sex life. That's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, I'm Ashley Manta sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.